word to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We'll be reading all 10 verses as our text this morning and thinking about um, what Paul writes in terms of the power of encouragement, the encouragement it gives to us as well as the encouragement that we can give through us to others. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the coming wrath. If you'd like to open your Bibles to follow along as we uh, go through this passage, it's on page 1172. The church in Thessalonica was a young church a small church in a relatively large community. Paul and Silas and Timothy spent time there after they had been in Philippi. Remember the story of how uh, they left Philippi. They had been put in prison. Uh, There was this earthquake. The jailer and his family are saved as a result. And uh, the leaders of the city come and say, hey, you can go now. And Paul says, wait, you're you're gonna do this right. You're gonna send us out. From there, they made their way to Thessalonica, and Thessalonica was a a very important city. It was uh, a big seaport uh, on the main roadway, the Ignatian Way, that um, almost all of the military and economic traffic from Italy to Turkey and in between went through. And Paul and company get there, and they only get to spend about six weeks there. And we're told in Acts that uh, many God-fearing, Jew- or God-fearing Greeks and Gentiles uh, became part of this church, this community of faith in Jesus Christ. And they were able to stay until the religious leaders, the uh, leaders of the Jewish synagogue, and the people of the community uh, became jealous and forced them to leave. About a year and a half later, Paul is writing this letter to this young church to encourage them. Now, we are not a young church. 
Mudyard has been around a really, really long time. There's probably been generations that have worshiped together in this community, in this uh, family of faith. We're not in a big urban community either. Yet we also need encouragement. Because sometimes we find ourselves struggling. This morning we hear Paul as he encourages this young church and God speaks to us through his spirit, encouraging us as well. We think about the power of God's encouragement. The first thing that Paul does, uh, that Paul writes as he addresses the churches, he says, grace and peace. It's a familiar greeting. We often hear it in our own greeting in worship. Grace and peace to you from God our Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Or grace and peace to you in a variety of ways. Just think about the encouragement of those words. We, Paul is saying to them and the Spirit is saying to us, the grace and peace of God is with you. Sometimes we talk about the Lord turning his face to shine upon us. When we, fear, when we see his face, when we feel his presence, we feel his grace. We know that it's all grace, that he has given us this life with him. And the peace of God brings life to our lives as well. Do you ever think about the fact that God gives us Sundays, the Sabbath days, he commands it, but Jesus said it's not that he created us for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for us. It's not something that we do because God requires it. God requires it because he knows it is a gift to us that we may not take unless he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It is his day of grace and peace. Whatever it is that is going on in our lives, whatever it is that we are, are having to deal with on a daily basis, this day is a day to step out of that and into the presence of God. Which is why we worship today as well. It is an opportunity for us to step out of the life that we are living uh, all of the details that we have to deal with every day and to just bask in the love of God. To be challenged, to be sure, but to realize it is his grace and his peace that welcomes us and sustains us as we live our lives. At the end of the service, we often hear the same words, grace and peace to you as you go out and to live your life in the coming week. It is uh, something to, to think about as well, and my wife has begun to do this with our grandkids. When they, when they leave us or when we leave them, she'll put a kiss into their hand and touch it to their cheek and say, this is a reminder that I love you. The benediction is... Very similar. It's a reminder that we live by God, we live in God's grace and peace. God loves us and will go with us back into whatever the world, uh, whatever our lives are, we have to deal with in our lives. So Paul begins with that great encouragement 
God loves you. You live in his grace. You live in his peace. Don't forget that. Take the time to be renewed because of that good news. Paul goes on to talk about the fact that he gives thanks to, the, to God always for them, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before God, before our God and Father your work of faith and your labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Chip Ingram has done a series on this, on this particular book, and I've taken much of what he has uh, put together as, as the outline for uh, my message this morning. And in talking about this, he says, Paul is saying, you popped up on my screen, and God and I had a conversation about you. Paul is saying to, to the church in Thessalonica that I'm constantly having a conversation about God about, with God about you, talking about what's going on, wondering what's going on, because, of course, the information was very slow between, the, between them and, and Paul. Remembering everything that happened, remembering and celebrating your faith, but also being concerned about it. The other day I was talking with a friend and he uh, made a comment about uh, something that he was going through and, and the spirit prompted me, hey, you know, I gotta remember to, to pray about that on his behalf. I go to uh, the hospital to visit people I go with a, with a scripture and a prayer and, and a short conversation and, and the whole purpose of that is to remind them that they are not alone in this, but that God is there with them. When we invest in the, lives of, the lives of others, we are encouraging them as Paul was encouraging the church. When we invest in the lives of our young people, when we invest in the, uh, the fundraising for this family that has now been orphaned, as well as the communities that have been affected, we can be a means of God's encouragement in a time of struggle, a time of darkness, whether it's now or later, as the people of God. Paul goes on to write even further, for we know, brothers, love to God, that he has chosen you. He's chosen you because our gospel came to you not only, or we know that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. We know that he has chosen you. Think about the comfort and the encouragement that would bring to a small struggling church in a big uh, community where most of the people would not care uh, about what you believe and perhaps even begin to persecute you for it. But also the religious establishment, the Jewish, the synagogue was putting pressure on them. How they needed to hear this encouragement. Perhaps they began to doubt their faith. Perhaps they began to wonder whether this was really going to be uh, the way of their salvation. 
Paul says, we know that God has chosen you. We know that he has placed you in this community for a reason. We have seen him at work in your life. Don't give up. In spite of whatever uh, persecution or, infl- or uh, trouble that may come your way. Again, this church has a long history of being in this community. Perhaps there have been times of struggle, of concern, of wonder about, are we doing the right thing? Are we being the right kind of people? Are we actually um, being a part of this community as we ought? Or perhaps there were times when we began to wonder, is God with us? Or are we following his plan? We need to be reminded of that which was there at the beginning and which continues even now, that God has chosen us, that God has placed us in this community, that God has a plan, and he's working it out. In times of deep darkness, individually, it is good to know, to be reminded of that as well, that God has chosen you. Your faith is evidence of that very thing. Be strong and take courage. It is true, as I think it is Peter who testifies, that the devil goes around as a, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And if you think about that, you, you, you realize that the, devil, uh, that the lion roars for two reasons. One is to get his prey moving, to get them off where they, where they are comfortable and to find the weak one and to prey upon the weak and the, and the, the ones that stray. The other is to roar to make sure that everybody knows that they are not welcome at his feast until he's done with it. We are the people that God uses to encourage one another to remember that he has chosen us and that we belong to him. To fight on each other's behalf, to have each other's back, to get up and to keep moving because God is with us, because God has chosen us. Paul goes on to affirm their impact in life. He says, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of God, word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. How you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the coming wrath. Not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith has gone out everywhere. So that we really don't even need to tell you that. But we will tell you that. Lest you think that your life is not 
of great worth, that your faith is just a mustard seed. God is doing powerful things through you. So I post on Facebook one time, everyone should be benefiting from our faith, whether or not they know Jesus. Part of the response to their faith is people around the world testifying to it, that there's something about you, something about them, which is summed up at the end in terms of turning from idols, waiting for God's glory to be revealed. I think it is true in most communities that even those who do not share our faith recognize that there is something about a church that is worthwhile in a community. And they are willing to testify to that, especially as the church is actively living out the life that God has called them to. You are a blessing to your community as you seek to live out your faith in Jesus Christ in every way. So people of God, we are people who have been blessed with God's grace and peace. It is a gracious gift of God that we get to come together, that we get to live in his presence, to rest, to come out of darkness, to be reminded that we are his people. It is good for us to remember that God is the one who is at work in us, that he has demonstrated his love for us in Jesus Christ, that he continues to affirm us in our lives making us useful not only to one another, but to our communities and to the world. Just as we teach our cadets to be useful and loyal and industrious and all of those other things, God has brought that to our lives as well, to get up and keep getting it done for his sake. For we do know that we have been saved from sin, we do know that we have turned from idols to serve the living and true God. And that we are waiting for that time when we will celebrate with our Lord Jesus Christ all that he has done for our salvation. Thanks be to God. Amen. Gracious God, we thank you that you have demonstrated your love for us in Jesus Christ that you are the great and faithful God, that you are at work in our lives, strengthening us in our faith. We're also thankful, Lord, that you use us to strengthen others in their faith, especially in their time of need. But each and every day, Lord, we walk together as your people in your world, and we do so to your honor and glory. So we ask, O oh Lord, that you will continue to lead and guide us and encourage us each and every day. May we keep our eyes upon you and may your work among us be the vision that we have for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's stand and sing together, Be Thou My Vision. As we leave this place this morning, hear these words that Paul writes at the end of this letter.